0: Welcome to the first episode of the Pioneers in Europe podcast. My name is Mark Oshman. I'll be your host today. We'll be talking with Martin in the United Kingdom today as he gives us insights into what it's like to be a missionary amongst refugees, immigrants, Muslim background people across the UK. Thanks for joining us. Well, welcome, Martin. It's good to good to have you on the first podcast of pioneers in Europe, and uh, uh, love to hear your story a little bit and to just cast vision for what God's doing yeah. in your part of the world. And uh, so, why don't you go ahead and just introduce yourself and tell us a little about yourself and your family and and who you are? Sure. So
1: I, uh, I grew up uh, on the continent of Europe, uh, but have lived in the UK since 2000. So I've been in the UK for uh, coming up to 17 years now. Uh, I came originally as a student, uh, decided to stay, got a job, and then later, uh, sort of somewhat into my working life, got really on a very specific day on the um, the 19th of September 2011 made it very clear between 8 a.m. and 8.30 a.m. on, on one morning that I was meant to join Pioneers full-time. So um, I quit my job, spent a few few months support raising, and I've sort of been full-time with, with Pioneers uh, since 2012, the summer of 2012. Um, I got a, a wife and three beautiful daughters, and um, we all live in... Um, a city in the UK with a significant Muslim population uh, seeking to be uh, salt and light in the community, active members of of our local church that's also situated in a a Muslim-majority neighborhood. And then I also seek to provide leadership to our pioneers leaders, team leaders in in this part of the UK. Uh,
0: You now give some oversight and leadership to... A lot of our teams in that part of the world. Uh, And also you mentioned you have local ministry amongst uh, a Muslim background population. Um, Tell us a little bit about that uh, and the unique nature of uh, England where you speak English. Uh, Obviously uh, your wife I know is an American and so oftentimes that's an appeal to american missionaries i can go to england because they speak my language yeah. uh but for your ministry you that's uh well explain a little bit more of the dynamics of language and background and all that stuff
1: yeah absolutely it is definitely a draw uh that you uh, if you are english speaking that you can arrive and perhaps avoid some of the um the challenge is that fellow missionaries going to other parts of the world face, which is I don't even know how to ask to where the bathroom is. I don't know how to buy a, you know, a pint of milk at the supermarket. I don't know how to ask for anything. You obviously have an ability to enter into uh, life and ministry in the UK much quicker because of that. Um, but we've talked about that that can be a help and a hindrance um, because I think there is sometimes, maybe particularly if you come from the U.S. and speak the language well, uh, you can kind of lose sight of the the deep cultural differences there are between the U.K. and the U.S., and there are many. Uh, some of them are right on the surface and you see them straight away, and others uh, are perhaps a little bit more hidden. And if you make an assumption that, oh, they, they talk like me, they must be like me, uh, you will end up making uh, yeah a lot of a lot of costly mistakes that 's going to hurt you later down the line and so our our encouragement really and is that those who come and i 've seen those who blossomed the most uh, and served with longevity and with effectiveness in the u k have been the individuals and teams who have come with a real spirit of humility that said hey." Um, We sense that, or I sense that God has called me here. Um, But I'm also aware that the church in the UK was here before I arrived. It will be here after I leave. How may I be a blessing? How may I be of service to the body of Christ in this place? Um, And that just takes a bit more self-discipline when you, for all intents and purposes, can just dive in and get on with it. Because you don't have the necessarily having that language barrier. I would say, though, um, there's no doubt that recent challenges and recent developments um, regarding the influx of uh, migrants and refugees from, um, from the Middle East have... That's obviously hit this, the, the CNN and uh, the TV screens a lot, and we're getting more people who are interested in that type of ministry of reaching out to um, uh, refugees and asylum seekers. And I would say there you do run into a challenge that whilst you have settled diaspora communities from say uh from Pakistan or India Bangladesh, who live in the u k where English would certainly be the the language you would speak or predominantly speak once you're onto third generation for those who recently arrived from the Middle East, North Africa, and elsewhere um, where English really isn't spoken you are in some ways in the same position as if you were in North Africa and the Middle East. That is, if you really want to engage with hard issues, if you don't have access to Arabic, um, Farsi, Pashto, whatever the language may be from from some of the refugee groups coming through, uh, it may still be fairly limited what you can do. That doesn't mean you can't do anything. There are some beautiful ministries In the UK of service, uh, English teaching, um, just helping with the isolation that a lot of asylum seekers feel who are often on their own or certainly they've been separated from their primary or sort of extended family connections that they would have had in their home countries and someone reaching out to them here in the West when they're in that situation, I know has been a huge blessing and something that can open the door for opportunities to share the gospel as well. So it's not like you can't do anything, but it, it your ability to do ministry effectively will be impacted by the fact that you don't have the language.
0: Yeah. Now, the UK is a, a bit unique in in Europe that in the sense that there's still, am I right in saying that there's still... Uh, a fairly strong uh, Protestant church, even if it is small, it's, it's not a, it's not a country where sending missionaries to reach local nationals, right?
1: Yeah, that's a good, that's a good, good question. No, I would say if someone was to come and say to me and say, Hey, I want to start a team amongst, you know, UK white British citizens, I would say, "Mm, I'm not sure that's quite where we are as an organization. Not that that's a, a bad calling and we need a lot more people to come and plant churches amongst uh, the white UK population. That, I mean, the numbers of of Christians in the UK is in decline and has been in a decline for for many years. But I think for pioneers with a specific focus of saying, hey, we exist to uh, share the gospel with those who have the least chance of hearing the gospel, I'd like to focus on on the significant pockets of of migrants uh, and and diaspora populations that have come to the UK and whom the church in the UK is generally not really engaging. Um, And honestly, it's, I can see why I, I spoke to one UK church leader who said, look, I know how to reach British people. I don't know how to reach, for example, Muslims. So I know that if I put on these events for British people, I have a good chance of getting this amount of people through the door. I I don't even know where to begin with Muslims, uh, for instance. And I said, well, what, what do you do in a city like mine that has a high high proportion of Muslims? And he said, well, that still gives me the other... Let's say if it was 50%, I would still have the other 50% to shoot at. And if it was 80%, I would still have 20% to shoot at. And it's not yeah. from a, it's not necessarily from a hard-heartedness, but just from a, look... Uh, I feel more comfortable, I feel more equipped, I feel more able to engage British people, white British people and white British culture than I do from engaging migrant cultures that, where I don't either speak the language or I don't understand the culture. And historically, uh, there haven't been a lot of fruit from those, those labors. So if I want to have some chance of seeing fruit from my labor, I want to engage people who, who have, at least in the past, showed some receptivity. Um, and I think that's that's the the gap that organizations like ours and the people that we send out may help to plug. Not to say, hey, we're the knights in shining armor who's coming to rescue the church or to do the church's bidding, but to be there as part of an encouragement to the church uh, and also to show a little bit about what might it look like to share the gospel in an attractive way with people who are not, um, belonging to the majority of the traditional culture.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. So you, you really do have to have a missionary mindset as you, as you come into that, that kind of ministry there. Um, tell us a little bit about some of the opportunities and challenges that you and your teams are facing, um, both good and bad, uh, across the UK in terms of your, your outreach and your your outlook towards ministry of migrants, backgrounds, refugees, all that stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing I would say that is a, a huge blessing to us is is the freedom that we have to to still share the gospel. It is still a country where you know you could you could stand in the street and preach the gospel if you want or you can preach islam or you can preach buddhism you can preach whatever you want uh, and recognizing that a lot of our brothers and sisters around the world and a lot of our pioneers colleagues around the world don't don't have that kind of freedom um so we have teams who go door to door just go door knocking you know with Bible, you know jesus dvds or bibles and say hey you know do you, are you interested and and people can say no or they can say yes, but you have that freedom. We have a team that have Bible stores like where they just basically have a literature table they they just in 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 Muslim majority areas or in in sort of high street like shopping areas where you can come and and put up your stuff and and engage people in conversation so I think that to begin with is a is a huge plus for us as we engage people who often come from countries that are fairly closed to the, to the gospel and the freedom to express the gospel is, is, is limited. Um, uh, you would struggle to go very long going door to door if you're trying to do that in, in Saudi Arabia or or somewhere (laughs) else. Um, but you can do that here. Uh, that doesn't mean that people are interested when they open the door, but you have the freedom to do it, which I think is a huge plus. Um, I would also say that we have uh, an opportunity to um, begin to change in people's mindset the idea of what it means to be a Christian. A lot of people coming from the outside into the UK would have a perception that Britain is uh, a Christian country in the same way that they would look at the US and say it's a Christian country. And therefore, everything that goes on in that country must be something that in some ways is permitted, encouraged, at least um, ignored by, um, by the Bible. Um, and for us to be able to say, hey, this is what a genuine relationship with Jesus looks like. And this is what a genuinely transformed look like, life looks like. And no, this isn't a Christian country. This is a secularized country that has a Christian heritage for sure. But it's not like everything that goes that goes around you, that goes on around you, is 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 Christian by any stretch. So I think we have an opportunity um, to to shape and to show in in people's eyes the image of what what following Christ really looks like. Um, yeah. So those those are the opportunities I would say. Is just the freedom. To share and the freedom to share with people who perhaps have never encountered a Christian before. I think the challenges uh, are the same as anywhere that we have people engaging, say, with people from a Muslim background. It is we don't have a we don't have a lot of takers. <laughs> uh, it's not like we seeing um, a lot of people readily taking up the gospel. We have seen some incredible. Fr- uh, fruit and breakthrough amongst uh, Iranians but that's not just in the UK that's uh, that's a story across certainly across Europe and, and obviously in Iran itself uh, large numbers of Iranians uh, deciding to follow Jesus which is phenomenal when you think of we're what we're 30 well nearly 40 years out from the Iranian revolution and no one would have in any way predicted that that was going to happen so we have you know our our people are, are seeing just a tiny sliver of that much larger movement, but they have the joy of seeing Iranians coming to Christ. But other other groups uh, of Muslims in the UK are, are as, you know, as, as resistant as they would be in many other parts of the world. Um, so the largest numbers of, of Muslims in the UK would be from a Pakistani background, and the largest group of those come from a, a small area in Pakistan called Mirpur. And as far as I'm aware, we know of less than fifty believers from that background. So um the freedom the freedom to share, yes, but also it's uh it's an exercise of of um of faithfulness, of continuing to uh share the gospel joyfully when faced with either Outright rejection, or just a lack of interest really
0: let me just ask you one more question, just as i 'm thinking about maybe someone who, who will be listening to this podcast and they're considering missions or just listening, and maybe uh, God would use this to help them consider missions um, what 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 would you say to someone that uh, is considering it what 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 do they need what, uh, what 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 does the path look like for that person in terms of just preparation or uh, spiritually or financially, all those things that, how, how does a person get from listening to a podcast to joining one of your teams?
1: Yeah, great question. So uh, I guess there's at least two tracks to that. There is the organizational track, which is basically, hey, if you're interested um, in in pursuing uh, long-term or short-term service with, with Pioneers, you can just contact us via the, the Pioneers in Europe website or you could check out, just Google to see if Pioneers have an, has an office in, in, in your city or sort of in your country and they would. there's some great people there who can take you on the next steps so of the journey. So that's sort of from an organizational point of view, just yeah, get in touch either via the, the website you're listening to right now or the Pioneers office in your country. Um, in terms of who you are and how best to prepare you, I think, for me, there's no doubt that the most important thing you need is a deep and vibrant relationship with Jesus, and that that will continue to carry you through. I just talked about the, the maybe some of the challenges that are of living uh, overseas and in engaging in this context with with people groups who might well show very little interest in what you have to give, and unless unless you're grounded in an identity of Christ to say, hey. I am as loved by the Father whether 100 people accept my message or no one accepts my message. Unless you're grounded in that, it's going to be hard for you to, to serve joyfully for, for the long term. Um, so to, to ground yourself in that. And obviously, that's also the message that you want to share. You want to, you want to be actively and, and deeply living out the message that you want to invite other people into. Um, so that's the most important thing and always will be that doesn't that's not just in preparation that's when you're here it's when you're living overseas as well that's the first and most important thing you want to nurture um beyond that i think to obviously begin to uh build a support team around you financially in prayer and i i always encourage people to say hey don't shape this as being, hey, why don't you support me in what I'm going over to do? Like, It's not about supporting you as a person. It's about what are we doing? The people around you, the people at your local churches, friends, family, they're invited to journey. You're invited to journey together as a group of people to see what God might do, uh, in this case, amongst migrants and, and refugees in the UK, but wherever you end up in the world. And um, to see this as you're not a lone ranger in any way, you know, you get to be part of, of this thing that God is doing and you get to invite your your friends, family and, and supporting churches to be part of that journey. And they are just as much part of the journey as you are. The picture I like to use is if you have a, a hole in a dam and there's water coming through and, you know, you're putting sandbags up to stem that. The guy who is putting sand in the sandbags, the people passing the sandbags on and the guy putting it in place, they're all part of that effort. And you may be going overseas being the one putting that sandbag in place, but the guys further down the line are just as much part of that effort. So to communicate that and to seek to stir excitement about that, um, I think is, is, a, is a vital part of this journey. And for me, it's one of the greatest joys of doing this is I get to uh, be part of this with, with a whole bunch of people. Uh, supporting us
0: yeah that's great wow well really uh good stuff and uh we're excited about what's going on across england and across europe as a whole but uh thank you for being willing to share a little bit and uh give us an insight to what what life and ministry and calling looks like across the uk and uh we'll be in prayer for you and and, uh, praying that uh, the lord of the harvest would send you more workers
1: my pleasure thanks for having me
0: yeah, thanks, Martin. Have a good day. Be sure to join us next week when we check in with our team in northern Italy to talk about their church planting experience with Pioneers and with Acts 29. Thanks for joining us today. Take care.